0: You know what that sound means? It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports about the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode I'm about to start right What up right now? This is Joe and Joe of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, and on tonight's episode, we've got a lot of exciting stuff. To talk about, we're, we're going to go into some Atlanta Braves baseball, we're going to have a couple guests on with us, we're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons football, we're going to talk a little Georgia Bulldog football, and RG3, we might even get into a little basketball talk. Basketball talk in August. I know that's crazy, right? It is. Seems a little early. Yeah, but there is one little bit of breaking basketball news that we'll get to later on in the show. RG3, we've got so much stuff to do. I don't know where to begin. Where do you think we should begin? I think we should begin with some Braves baseball. That's an excellent place to start. And RG3, we were fortunate enough to be at the game last Saturday night against the Reds. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't was, it? it was.
1: Yeah, it was an instant classic, and we even got to bring Triple A and Allie over. Yeah, shout out a to lot them. Of fun. But my question for you is, what stood out the most in that stadium?
0: Oh, well, well, the thing that really stood out to me was getting to watch Dallas Keuchel work in person. That was really cool. I mean, I mean, he was carving up the Reds for seven innings until Aristes Aquino hit a three-run homer to tie the game at three in the seventh. When he did that, I thought the wheels were going to come off. I was really nervous because Keuchel was dealing the whole time. I mean, he was on fire. And the thing that was really cool was getting to watch Ozzy Albies. He had that triple... Early in the game, like around like the second inning I believe, it was really, really cool. Yeah, and stealing those bases. Yeah, and stealing in the home, that was cool too. Mm hmm. That head first slide, it doesn't get much better than that. Oh <laughs> it, no. It'd be fun to slide in head first.
1: <laughs> if you know what you're doing, yes. If not, uh, you'll have I hope you like the taste of dirt.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like that shirt at uh, Baseballism from the Battery. Just rub turn on it, man. <laughs> well, the other thing that was really, really cool about that Saturday night was how the game ended. And that was with Ronald Acuna Jr.'s first career walk-off hit in the 10th inning with the single down the left field line. It, it doesn't get any better than that. It was really, really cool to see. Definitely. It was awesome. The, the bullpen made it a little scary, but Acuna saved the day, and it was unbelievable mm-hmm. to see that. So, I, I want to know what um, what Allie thinks. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, with that, we're going to transition to the Fan Frost Seasons fan line. And so, without any further ado, RG3, we go to the Fan Frost Seasons fan line where, as I mentioned, we've got Allie on the line. Allie, how's it going?
2: Hey, it's going great. I'm excited to be on the podcast.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for squeezing us in your busy schedule. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Allie, I want to, I want, I want to hear from you when you, when you first got the, got to the battery Saturday night, what, what were kind of your first thoughts? Like, what were you like, what is the number one thing I want to do inside the battery before I go into central?
2: Well, I mean, my main thing was, you know, we had someone there with us that I'd never been before. So I, I like checking out the different restaurants that the battery has. Um, they have a few different ones. And I was excited about going to Antico to try the pizza there. Um, and I think they have an authentic uh, Italian oven, so the pizza was really, really good. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, I always look forward to the food that places, as, as you know. But Yeah, that um, was really good pizza. And the in general, I'll... Um, love seeing all the different Braves fans go into the different restaurants and shops and things before going into the game. it kind of hypes you up a little bit.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now when you go to the battery, are there certain places you like to go or do you have like a couple like standby spots where you're just like I'm going there?
2: I mean it depends it depends on you know what time of the day it is or um, if a game's going on? So, I guess I would say if it was nighttime and I'm going to the battery, I would look forward to going to some of the more nightlife places, like um, sports and social. Um, there's also there's also um professional bull riding PBR. There's a couple of different bars, each one has a pretty different scene. So um, if you're going at night, definitely check out those. And then if, if it's during the day, if you're looking for something to eat, um, there's, there's different places to eat, like Wahlburgers. And they also have very different types of shops there. So they have everything from clothing for women to, um, you know, the, the store baseballism for guys. And they also have, I mean, they really have almost everything you can imagine in one place. I guess
0: you kind of say the, the battery is basically like its own little, like, baseball city, if you if you want to <laughs> equate it to that.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and, and even being out right outside the battery after the game is cool because you can see they normally have the Braves girls and uh, the drummers and everything. Not the band. <laughs> <laughs> the drummers, and um, they have, like, um, water fountains for the kids to play in, and before the show, right, bef- right before you go in the stadium, you can even see the, the announcers have their own stand right there as well.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, well Allie, as somebody who-, who used to live over there, like, like, in the battery and all that stuff, what... What was probably your favorite thing about being able to be so close, like to the battery and to the Braves and all that?
2: I just liked how easy it was to get there. You know, if I wanted to meet some friends, to I can you can even you know watch the game. They have in the bars they have these huge TVs. You could watch the game and just experience the atmosphere. If you if you didn't feel like paying for a ticket, um, you're still in the atmosphere of it. So. Being that close to be able to just decide to go and do that was pretty
3: awesome.
0: It doesn't get much better than that, Allie. It really doesn't. Allie, kind of my final question for you, in terms of the game Saturday night, what was your favorite part of the game on Saturday?
2: Well, obviously winning. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite part. But, yeah, I'm going to have to say that. But I also enjoyed watching Adam Duvall get a hit, um, considering he used to be on the reds so that
0: was that was cool to see that's cool that's cool and I've got kind of one more follow-up question with you Allie you've actually been doing some work for us kind of on the side do you, do you want to talk about kind of your project and like what you've kind of been working on for uh for our chef?
2: sure so um as you guys know I've been working on a website um to make it easier for Fan for All Seasons podcast listeners um, to just go right on there and um, be able to listen easier. Um, And also, you know, about me section, and about you guys, and learn more about y'all, as well as be able to submit their ideas for um, subjects for you guys to talk about. So um, I've been working on that.
0: And hopefully we'll get that out as soon as possible. I, for one, saw it last weekend with RG3 when we were hanging out. And both of us couldn't believe it, right, buddy? A great kickoff for
1: that. And I'm excited to see the final product and uh, can't wait to launch it. Absolutely, absolutely. One more question. Oh, okay. Go for it. Have you ridden the bull? Have you ridden the bull over at PBR?
2: I have not.
0: (laughs) Is that something you're going to try?
2: Um. That, you know, that depends on
0: a couple other factors. <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
3: What
2: kind of night
0: I'm having. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. Allie, we just want to thank you for coming on and giving us a little bit of your of your time and talking to us about the battery and uh, your, your experience at the Braves game Saturday night with RG3 and I. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was a great interview we had uh, with Allie. That was awesome. And... I hope she gave you guys some insight into the battery and uh, just kind of culture around the Braves and the little baseball city known as the battery. And so with that, RG3, you've kind of got some more big-picture questions in terms of the Braves. Yeah,
1: I, I need to finish up my segment over here now. Yeah, Fulte, Mike Fultonavich, made his first start since coming back from AAA last night against the Twins. What stood out watching him against the Twins?
0: Well, RG3, the thing that really stood out to me... And it's something that I've talked about a lot is his command of his slider. He his, it looked to me like his slider was in real control last night. He, he he allowed three runs over six innings. He pitched kind of like the same old faulty, where he where he was really using his fastball and commanding it well and throwing it for strikes. And then you also had the effectiveness of his slider, which is his best. Kind of, kind of secondary pitch, and and so if Folti's got his heater going along with his slider. He's really good, and he only walked two guys in five innings. So, so that's pretty good for Folti. He had seven strikeouts. I know he gave up two home runs when he when he was running out of gas. But here's the thing with the Braves, if, if they want to go where they want to go, they're going to need Mike Foltinavage to step up because Kevin Gosman is now gone, and he was claimed on waivers by the Cincinnati Reds. And so now it's pretty much Avich's job to lose. I mean, I mean there are capable candidates in AAA, like Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright, people like that. But if the Braves are going to go where they're going to, where they're going, we we need to see Mike um get get back on the beam. And this was hopefully the first of many. Because here's the thing about the Twins: the Twins RG3, we we major league baseball in home runs, they do. And RG3, that number for the Minnesota Twins is 224 home runs. That's absolutely incredible. And see, the thing about Target Field is Target Field is a hitter's park, and you can believe it with with the way the ball was flying out for both the Braves and the Twins this week. Also, Target Field is one of those stadiums that I would love to visit. I think it would be a really pretty stadium. Uh, Just just looking at it, seeing the Braves there, it's a really pretty stadium.
1: I would argue that you would want to see every single MLB Stadium.
0: I probably would, but there's a few, and we've done this in past episodes, of ones that I really like. And I just, I don't know. I, I know Minnesota's kind of like the forgotten city. I know not a lot of people care about it, but it's a pretty nice stadium. It looks very nice, very pretty. Especially this time of year. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there in April. It would be too cold. Yeah. I, I don't. I couldn't handle Minnesota cold. But anyway, RG3, so we're going to transition to our next question in terms of the Braves. You may fire when ready.
1: Like we mentioned, the Braves have been playing the Minnesota Twins, um, in the, who are in the American League, um, and they use the designated hitter. Are you a fan of the designated hitter?
0: Honestly, I'm not. And I know this is going to come off being what I am, but being a National League guy, and with my team being in the National League, I just prefer the National League game better. Could, could see the difference between the National League game and the American League game is in the National League game you have to strategize more. I mean, there's more trip, more trips to the mound. There, there are more double switches. There, there are more, there, there are more pitching changes. There, there, there's just a lot more like thinking and strategy involved. Whereas in American League baseball. There are no holes in a American League lineup because most American League lineups are loaded with just hitters. I mean, I mean, your non-hole hitter could even be good. And honestly, I think it's kind of cool seeing pitchers get hits every now and again. So RG3, I'm not a fan of the DH. Generally that would hurt the Braves, but with the Braves depth that they have on their bench, like Matt Joyce and like Brian McCann and Josh Donaldson, people like three guys are used to playing in the American League. And I thought the Braves did a good job of using Matt Joyce as their DH for the first couple of games. Cause he's, I mean he's tailor made for that. He's either gonna be a corner outfielder or he's gonna or he's gonna be a DH. And I thought this year the Braves were more equipped and prepared to handle having an extra hitter in their lineup.
1: Mm-hmm. I could see that. And down on the farm, four top Atlanta Brave prospects made the jump from double A Mississippi to triple A Gwinnett. Christian Pache, Drew Waters, Ian Anderson, and Tucker Davidson. What can Brave fans expect, either in September or next season, with any of these pr- prospects?
0: Well, what I well what I will say to that RG3, we're we're looking at the center fielder of the future, in Christian Pache. Gold Glove defense. He's got he's got elite speed already. He'll he'll remind a lot of people of Andrew Jones with his ability to, to track balls, and um. His, and just his pure speed and athleticism. He's also like six one, like one ninety-five. He he's put on he's put on a lot of muscle and strength. He he's a good hitter and power's starting to come. He had eleven home runs at double A Mississippi this year. Uh and and so the power's still coming for um, for Christian Pache. And it just so happened that last night he and Drew Waters combined for five hits. I think Drew Waters it can be an impact guy, a corner outfielder. He can play either left or right field. He he's got good power too. He he's got good speed. But Drew Waters is definitely a guy who can come to play, and um, hope, hopefully for the Braves uh, next year. And in terms in terms of Ian Anderson, I think Ian Anderson has got ace written all over him. He pitched really well in went last night. He had he had uh, or he gave up six hits. He also allowed five runs, he pitched three innings, he gave up a home run, and uh, he had four walks. I know that's kind of tough, making your first AAA start, but I think the future's very bright for Ian Anderson. He, he probably got a little jacked up when you say RG3, making the jump from double A AA to AAA. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think the future for Mr. Anderson's going to be just fine. And I feel the same about Tucker Davidson. And Blue Stripers, forgive me, are making <laughs> on, a push man. for the playoffs. They lead the I. L. South over Durham. So hopefully uh, the Stripers can make a run in the playoffs and the Braves can searching for uh, for championships. Not only on the minor league side, but also in the major league side.
1: that put us in a great position.
0: That that would be really cool. And also it'd be a huge testament to these four guys and it just goes to show that the organization kinda of looks at these four as kind of like the next core the next wave that's going to come up and make an impact in it. All
1: right, so I want to switch subjects on you and talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. The Hall of Fame game was last Thursday. Did we learn anything about that?
0: Well, r what we learned in the Hall of Fame game, I know you're going to be like, Jim and Joe, we learned something, but we did. We we learned that Kurt Pinkert did a really good job uh, way, way in the game playing quarterback, and it just... And I felt bad for the kid because he ended up getting hurt later in the game, but when he was healthy like before he got hurt he he had some real zip on the ball and he and he marched the Falcons down and he went them to a touchdown drive he he did he did some good things and so I'm sad to he, report that Mr. Benkert is on the uh, injured reserve and won't be playing for the Falcons uh for a while it
1: sounds like and who are you most confident about um going into this season?
0: In. In term in terms of what way, in in terms of like position group. Yeah. Oh, oh position group for me. You, I mean you gotta look no further than wide receiver, We're, with between Sanu Julio, and uh, Calvin Ridley, and then you've also got Justin Hardy.
1: How do you feel about the quarterback situation?
0: Honestly, RG three, I'm a little nervous about the quarterback situation because I don't feel good about Matt Job. I think he's just kind of a statue that just kind of stands there. And Matt Sims, I mean, he he was shaky too, so, so I'm a little nervous about the depth behind Matt Ryan.
1: Eh, that's that's not too good. I know, because um, you know you you want depth, and even with Sidham with the Patriots, exactly, I mean, he's doing pretty good. Exactly. But anyways, what are you most nervous about? What position group are you most nervous about?
0: The position group I'm the most nervous about, other than quarterback, is running back. I'm really curious to see what the Falcons have behind. Devonte Freeman. I I like Edo Smith. I like Edo Smith a lot. I'm a little nervous about behind him. I mean I mean Brian Hill's done a good job early on in training camp, and so is Quadre Olson. So we'll see what those two can do. But I'm nervous about the depth behind Devontae.
1: Hmm. I can see that. And Some exciting news about uh, Georgia alumni Jackson Harris. Absolutely. he just signed a three-year contract with the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yes, yes. Shout out to you, Jackson. Way to to make your dreams come true, buddy. You being a part of the 12th man, dude, they're going to embrace you in Seattle. (laughs) Who come to Atlanta in October, RG3. That's going to be cool. That's right. So your heartstrings are going to be torn. So what do you do? Do you river Seattle against your beloved Falcons, or what? What is RG three doing? We'll wait till the depth chart comes out. Oh <laughs> yeah, you heard it right there, folks. <laughs> That's a great answer, RG. That's what I'm
1: talking about. Um, but yeah, so let's let's go um, let's go down into the college level of football. Okay, let's do it. Um, you know, they lost their talented outside linebacker Brennan Cox. Who are the guys who can step
0: up? Well, the guys who can step up for Georgia are Zizo Jalari. Remember that name, guys? Zizo Jalari is a player. Nolan Smith is really good at outside linebacker. I I look at those two especially who who are just going to we're just going to come off the edge and wreak serious havoc. And then Georgia's loaded at linebacker too with Monty Rice, Tay Crowder, p- people like that. I mean I mean Georgia's got plenty of depth we f-
1: And the running back group should be loaded again. Who are you most excited to see out of the running
0: backs? Well, well, I know the answer for every Georgia fan is DeAndre Swift, and <laughs> we're pushing for DeAndre Swift to win the Heisman here, but but I'll tell you a guy that I'm really curious to see how he handles himself is Brian Heron, that a lot of people would be surprised by with my answer, and I know everybody would think the obvious answer is Zamir White. I think is going to be good. But I'm really curious to see how Harrion holds up and how he does in his uh, last go-around, uh, wearing the red and black for the dogs. I think Brian Harrion's a real weapon out of the backfield. He can catch the ball. He runs hard. And he gives you those tough yards. And he's also got that experience, RG3. And you can never have enough experience in college football. Gosh,
1: Who's the homecoming game against?
0: Patcher. Yeah. Uh... We
1: just like just completely destroyed a team. And we had like our third string in. Or for something her? like that. It, it was been... one of the last games.
0: Oh, UMass.
1: It might have been UMass. Yeah, it was UMass. Um, but anyways, I remember um, there was one receiver, um, that performed really well. Oh,
0: the little dude. Yeah. 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 It. Yeah. Who it's, was that? Uh, I think his name was like Isabella or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's yeah it.
0: for UMass. Yeah. Oh, th- no, not it. for UMass for Georgia. Oh, for Georgia. Yeah. Oh. It. Wasn't it Isabella or something? Is... No, no. he played for UMass. I thought it was like third string. I don't know. I I, I have to go back and figure this out, dude. Okay. But, but I do but I do remember that Isabella, dude, caught every ball like thrown his way mm-hmm. in the UMass game. Because you and me were both there at that
1: Oh, uh, no, no. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that kid literally caught everything.
1: So, I'm going to change the subject again over to basketball with do the a Hawks. Basketball in August? What? Yeah, I know, right? Anyways. It's crazy. So, Vince Carter signed to be back with the Atlanta Hawks.
0: Vince Sanity, Sergeant Carter, <laughs> RG3. I am ecstatic about this. I think, I think this is going to be really great for the Hawks. What type of
1: impact can he make?
0: Well, RG3, he, the kind of impact he can make is leadership. He, he's a really, really intelligent player. I mean, he, I mean, he's been through the wars. I mean, I mean we're talking about Vince Carter. Like one of the best, one of the best and most clutch guys in NBA history. He, he's not only known for just dunking, but he also has a lot of like veteran leadership and, and intangibles. And he fit in really well with this Hawks team. RG3, this stat is fascinating to me. And this will probably blow your mind and our fans' minds. But, but if Vince Carter plays one game in 2020, he, he becomes the first player in NBA history to play in four different decades. What wow. that's thinking? Four different decades. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited about Vince Carter next year. And this is going to be his final season, his swan song, his one last dance, however you want to slice it. And I'm just glad he's going to be here in Atlanta mentoring uh, Mr. Trey Young and John Collins and Kevin Herder and the rest of these young Hawks. I'm fired up for some Hawks, man. I can't wait. I think between what the Hawks are building – and between when Georgia basketball is building, I think it's going to be a lot of fun come basketball season. I'm so excited, so excited.
1: Yeah, we got a ways to get there, but we do. Let's get through football season first.
0: Yeah, well said. I <laughs> love basketball though.
1: All right, so now we're talking to our other special guest from our onto the podcast, and is also a first time guest to SunTrust Park. Triple A, what was your first impression when walking into the Battery?
3: Oh, I love the Battery. It was really modern and uh, lots of different options for, I feel like anyone can find something to do there. And it was definitely busy, but not overwhelming. And the traffic, we went a little early, so that was nice. It was easy to get there. It was super fun. I would definitely want to go back.
1: Nice. And what did you think about Antico's Pizza?
3: Ooh, it's so good. Um, I've had it before, and
1: it was just as good as the first time.
3: It's, it was great. Very was,
1: busy and crowded. Does that mean you've it. been to the Battery before, or you've been to an Antico's Pizza somewhere else?
3: I've been to the Antico and Avalon. Uh, Avalon okay. I think it's an Alpharetta.
0: Yes. Yes it is.
1: I did not know that. Learn something new every day. You do. And from yeah. our guest.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what did you think about the shopping?
3: The shopping was great. Um, I think I could spend even more time there. Um, they have really fun shops.
1: Did you uh, have a favorite some store? Some that I'd
3: heard of and some I haven't. So that was fun. Um, yeah. And I think we really only got I mean, we only saw part of it in some ways, so mm-hmm. I could
1: definitely see myself spending a day there, touring around. And there's definitely a lot of food. and Yeah. I th- fun places I wish we to get would have gotten some ice cream or something yeah, yeah. next time. Places to sit and walk around.
3: And it was kid-friendly. And so I feel like it's good for anyone,
1: really. Definitely. And what about the uh, actual stadium itself? What, what was your favorite thing about Sancho Stadium?
3: The stadium was really awesome. I feel like it exceeded my expectations. It seems really open, and, but in a way where you can still see the city around the stadium, which I really liked. And it was very clean. And, again, it seems very modern. Uh, definitely one of my favorite stadiums. That's been in, I like it better than Turner Field,
1: I think. Nice. I, I could definitely agree I, with that statement. I
0: concur with that. Although the one thing I'll say about Turner Field is, is it's got my childhood in it. So. so, But other than that, I agree. I agree. Yeah.
3: I think um, Richard said that Joseph always says that there's not a bad seat in some Trust and I feel like I I would imagine that to be true. I think anywhere you sat, you would have a good view. Yeah, I can agree
1: with that. No doubt. And So do you have any pointers for yourself or others uh, for your next visit?
3: I would definitely say getting there early clutch and then you can kind of enjoy the experience even more so Um, I would probably go in the stadium a little bit early just to enjoy the kind of pre-game activities and whatnot and there's so much to to see even as you're walking in I think it's worth it to get there early and then definitely to be patient when you're leaving because it's, it's a little bit harder to get out of it and out
1: of the traffic, I think, going out. Yeah, the little the loop around, around the battery. At least for us. No doubt, no doubt. Uh,
3: other than that, I loved it being a night game because it felt good and it was a pretty night. It wasn't too hot. Definitely. We were in covered area. That was nice. All good things.
1: Indeed. But thank you for taking time and uh, joining us on the
0: podcast this week.
1: <laughs>
3: Anytime.
0: And Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you. All right. So for RG3, I'm Jammin' Joe. I want to thank both our guests, Allie and Triple A. Thank you guys for coming on and talking about your experience at the battery in Sundrose Park. That's going to do it for another exciting installment of the Fanball Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.